Welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast, helping you invest in property for freedom, choice, and profit. You'll learn new, innovative, and multiple streams of property income, whether you want to start, scale, or systemize, and even if you don't have deposits. Hi, I'm Peter Jones, Chartered Surveyor, Author, and Property Investor, and this is the Progressive Property Podcast. And in this short series of episodes, we're looking at different property strategies. And this all stems from a number of Facebook videos, which I did a while back, which many of you enjoyed. But I realized because of the way that Facebook works, not everybody would have seen them. So I thought what I'd do is I'd scrape the audio and bring it all together in one place, which is the podcast. So it's there. So you don't have to go and watch five different videos because with Facebook nowadays, apparently we can't concentrate for more than two minutes. And so you can't have videos which are more than two or three or four minutes long. And I thought I'd bring it all together. And so all the information is in one place and very easily accessible. And then it's there and you can use it to remind yourself from time to time, go back, refresh your memory, think about different strategies, work out which ones are best for you, right for you, why you want to do them, which ones are going to work towards your goals, all that kind of stuff. So in this episode, we're going to be thinking about flipping, which is a great strategy. I love flipping. You're going to hear why in the audio, why I love flipping. So without any further ado, let's get straight to it. The term flip is an American word. I've got to be honest, I don't like it very much, but I suppose it is what it says on the tin, isn't it? It's about flipping a property on a bit like flipping a burger. You take it over and instantly sort of whack it on again. In other words, it's buying a property and then selling it on again as quickly as you can. And there can be many reasons why this particular strategy works. At its very core essence, basic level, it's all about buying a property cheap enough so that we can then sell it on as a profit. And one would assume that probably in order to sell it on as a profit, you might have to do something to the property, but that's not always the case if you can buy it at the right price. So a good instance of this could be going direct to vendor and buying properties direct to vendor if you can find somebody who's highly motivated where price isn't the issue but perhaps they have another problem which selling a property quickly is going to solve then you might get the property at a price which allows you to then sell it on at a profit it's what we could call wholesaling you're buying it cheap and then you sell it on at the retail price and that can work i've done that i've bought a property not so long ago, which I bought and stuck into an auction and I sold it on and I made quite a nice profit, not doing anything to the property at all other than buying it and putting it back into the auction. But I could see that there was scope with the property. I could see that because the property was quite run down, it would be very attractive to people who are looking for a project. So I was very confident that when I put it into the auction, it was going to make a good price. When we're flipping, we can obviously be a little more sort of nuanced and a little bit more sophisticated than just buying a property wholesale and selling it on retail. We can buy a property where we can add value, which will allow us to sell it on as a profit. And a classic example would be buying a property which needs refurbishment. Now, one of the best things to do when you're flipping is to try and combine the two, where you can find a property where you can add value and you can buy it slightly cheap. It's worth thinking about what slightly cheap means in this context because a property might be discounted in price because it needs a bit of work doing to it but you might still be able to buy it even cheaper than that and then you'll start be able to make a, a really good margin on the property because you're going to need a good margin because if you're going to do a refurb and then sell the property on you can be sure that there's going to be things which you unearth when you do the refurb which you wouldn't have known about 
what we can call the unexpected stuff, but of course we should be expecting it. There's always going to be stuff which we don't know about and which we need to be, which we'll have to pay out for. But refurbing a property and selling it on can be a great thing to do. You need to be very considered about who you're going to be selling on to. Firstly, so that you do the right specification of works. And secondly, so that you buy the right property. So for example, if you're going to buy cheaper properties, which are great for sort of buy to lets, where you're probably more than likely going to be selling to an investor, don't forget that an investor probably is going to want some kind of a discount, which is going to eat into your margin. A lot of um, flippers, for want of a better word, don't actually sell properties onto investors. They'd much rather target the owner-occupier market. Why? Because an owner-occupier just wants to buy a house which is already done without requiring any work which they can move straight into. And they'll pay a premium price in order to have a house which they can move straight into. They're not interested in doing the work. When I first started buying buy-to-lets 20-odd years ago, I remember wondering why it was that I was able to buy all these fantastically cheap properties. And it, I, I realised it's because they all needed quite a lot of work doing to them. And your typical owner-occupier in the area where I was buying either didn't have the money to do the work or they just didn't want to do the work. And it was probably a combination of the two. They didn't have the money and they didn't want to do it. They'd much rather wait until the work was done. And it makes sense for an owner-occupier anyway, because an owner-occupier is probably going to be able to get a 90 or a 95% mortgage, in which case they're only putting down a 5% deposit. So they don't have to spend out as much money as an investor in order to turn the property around. It makes sense as for us as investors to think about targeting the owner-occupier market. But of course, as I say, that might mean a different level of specification. If you're going to refurbish a property to put tenants in, you're probably going to do it at a slightly lower specification than you're going to do it than if you're going to sell the property onto an owner-occupier. But flips, I think, are fantastic. And I think everybody should probably be looking out for flips. Even if your main strategy is doing single lets or HMOs, I'd always be looking out for flips because you never know when you're going to come across one. And they can be a great way of making some cash. The big advantage of doing a flip over a buy-to-let is that a typical buy-to-let is only going to yield you a relatively a small amount of money every month when you've taken off the costs, particularly the cost of the mortgage. Whereas when you do a flip and you sell it, you're going to get a big chunk of cash coming into the bank. Now, I know investors who use that chunk of cash to then finance their buy-to-lets because they can use that chunk of cash for their deposits on their buy-to-let properties. So you can combine strategies really well. So we want to find a property which we can flip. In other words, we want to find a property which we can buy and then sell on. So how do we do that? Do we literally just walk straight into an estate agent and say, I'm looking for properties to flip? Well, you probably wouldn't do that. But what you could do, very common sense, not rocket science, is go into the estate agents and say, I'm looking for properties which I can do up. Why? Because probably, depending upon what your strategy is, and remember flips, there's a couple of sub-strategies. You could be flipping to other investors or you could be flipping to owner-occupiers. But probably the best way of doing a flip and adding the value either way is to find a property which you can do up. So if you go into the estate agents and look specifically and ask specifically for properties which need work doing to them, that's probably going to be a good starting point. Another question which I think we should always be asking estate agents anyway is, do you have any properties that are empty at the moment? Now, this, I think, is a great question because it's going to uncover so many different opportunities. Now, it often happens to be the case 
that properties which are empty often need work doing to them. Now, I don't know why that is. There's no rhyme or reason for that. It's perfectly possible that a property in good order could be vacant, but it just happens to be the way that, of things that I suppose when people move out, particularly if they're moving out in a hurry or under distress, that they don't have time necessarily to fix the property up and to make it nice and new and bright and shiny. So it's very often the case that the two go hand in hand, but there's no rhyme or reason to that. I'm not saying that it's a rule. It's not something which you can always assume. It just happens to be sometimes it works that way. So we can certainly ask if there's any properties which are empty. Now, from a flipping point of view, that's a great thing to ask anyway, because one of the reasons why properties or particular properties can be good for flipping is because you can buy them at the right price. Now, it's not all just about doing the property up, although that can be a good way of adding the value which can help you to create the margin. The other part of the equation, as we saw earlier, is to buy the property cheaply. And very often we're going to be buying a property cheaply because the seller needs to sell quickly. And this is often down to the seller being somewhat distressed or motivated. Motivated is perhaps a better word. Distressed sounds awful, doesn't it? And distress can be quite emotive and maybe makes people think about taking advantage of people. I'm not certainly not suggesting taking advantage of anybody. But what I am suggesting is looking for situations where the seller is highly motivated to sell because they've probably got things going on in their life which are more important for them to resolve than hanging onto a property and trying to get the very last penny out of the purchase price, trying to squeeze a buyer for a you know the last penny. It just isn't going to work that way. They probably just need to get rid of the property and perhaps the terms on which they get rid of the property is more important than the price that they achieve for the property. And quite often, one of the most important terms which they may be thinking about is how quickly you can actually buy the property. So if you can buy the property quickly and you can get them out of whatever their problem happens to be, then you'll get a decent price in return. It's a quid pro quo. So always be asking, have you got any properties which are empty? Because very often properties which are empty reflect the fact that the vendor is going to be motivated because there's something happening in their life which means that they need to move the property on quickly. An empty property is usually a cost to somebody. Somebody's having to pay out on that property. It may be that they're paying to maintain it. It may be that they're paying the utility bills. It may be that, you know, if it's winter, they're running the heating, even though there's nobody there to make sure that they don't get any burst pipes. It could be that they're paying council tax. So all of these are costs, and it may be that they just need to get rid and they want to get shot of the property to ask if it's empty. What else can we do? Well, can we find our flip properties on Rightmove? Again, a great question, and I love Rightmove. Rightmove is the tool of choice for many property investors and property professionals. The problem with Rightmove is this, though. This is the way that I see it. Can we find properties to flip on Rightmove? Well, at a very basic level, we can go through and we can look at the photos on Rightmove, and maybe the photos will be a clue as to whether a property needs to be refurbished, for example. But the reality is that a good agent is probably going to want to take the very best pictures possible and show the property in the best possible light. So it doesn't necessarily mean that you can pick up a good refurb project just from the photos, unless the property is in such a horrible state that it's self-evident. But there are plenty of properties which actually could do with a refurb and which would be suitable for flipping after the refurb, and it's difficult to spot from the photos. So that's the first problem. 
But this is the main problem that I see with right move. The reality is that, as I've just said, a lot of the properties which we want to buy to flip on, we're going to buy them because we can get them at a decent price. And that might not be because they need to be refurbed. Now, it'd be great if they need to be refurbed as well. But perhaps the main thing is we're going to get them at the decent price because the vendor is motivated, because the seller has something in their life which means that they need to sell quickly. So what would make a vendor want to sell quickly? Well, they could have other financial difficulties. Maybe they run their own business and their other business, their business is in trouble and they need to raise some funds quickly. Maybe they just got divorced and as a couple, they want to separate. Uh, it could be all sorts of reasons. They've just been relocated. There's a hundred and one reasons which we can just call life. Life happens and they need to get rid. But, and this is the thing about right move, right move isn't going to tell you the motivation of the seller. All Rightmove is going to do is show you a photo or some photos of the property, give you a brief description and tell you the current asking price. And it doesn't give you any sort of a clue or indication as to whether there's a deal to be done. You may buy the property at a much better price than the asking price because you may be able to negotiate with the vendor through the agent, presumably, and get a good price. Or it may be that the seller isn't motivated at all and they're sticking out for the asking price or even offers over the asking price. You don't know. Rightmove isn't going to tell you. That is very subtle, isn't it? A nuance, but you're not going to know. So that's one reason why when people tell me that they're looking for flips by going through Rightmove, I don't think you're going to find that many deals. You might find one or two. As I say, if you come across some photos which show the property self-evidently needs refurbing, that could be a deal to be done. But most of our refurbs, probably it's not going to be that simple. And you need to know the motivation of the vendor. Where you're going to find your property and how you're going to find your property is going to be largely determined by the type of flip that you're hoping to undertake. Now, said earlier that there's probably two different ways of thinking about this. You can be either flipping to other investors or you can be flipping to owner-occupiers. And depending upon which of those routes you go down, you're probably going to be looking for different types of property because an investor is probably most likely going to be wanting cheaper properties. Cheap, but okay properties, sound properties, not the very worst properties, not the very cheapest properties, but cheap properties which are good for renting out. Now, the big problem with flipping to another investor is that potentially another investor, depending upon how savvy they are, is probably going to want some kind of a discount from the price. We talk about BMV, below market value, and depending upon who you are and where you are and what you are, as an investor, you may be wanting 10, 15, 20, 25% discount to make the property work for you, particularly if you want to follow like the BRR model, which we've thought about, and where perhaps you want to create an extra large margin so you can finance the property and get your money back out. But the great news is that that isn't going to apply to every investor that you meet. So it's perfectly possible when you're going around looking at lots of properties, and by the way, you need to look at lots of properties, make sure that the estate agent is taking you around to see lots of properties, make lots of appointments, go and view everything you can. As you go around, you're going to see properties which may not suit you, but will suit other investors and which potentially maybe you can flip on to other investors who don't need to buy the properties BMV because believe it or not, there are a lot of investors out there who don't need to buy properties BMV or who don't wish to buy properties BMV. And that can come as a bit of a surprise, particularly when we're new in property because we imagine that everybody is going to be doing the same thing. Well, we're not. 
there's many, many different strategies and many, many different reasons for buying property. And you'll find that some investors, particularly if they're not professional investors, they aren't interested per se in following a BRR strategy. What they're more interested in is parking their money into something which is safe. They want to put their money into bricks and mortar and they want to have a safe investment. And I've told this story before, but I'm going to say it again because it's worth emphasizing it. But I was talking to an estate agent contact of mine in Nottingham not so long ago who was telling me about his list of London investors and how he sells properties in Nottingham to London investors. And these are just properties which are listed with his estate agency. And he'll then contact his list of London investors and say, this particular property has come onto the market. Would you be interested? And I said to him, well, how much of a discount do your London investors want when they buy properties off you? And he kind of looked at me a bit blankly and he said, I don't give them a discount. They pay near enough full asking price. And I said, well, why would they do that? And he said, because what they're interested in is buying a good property, a sound property, which they know they can rent out, which they know they can rent to a decent tenant, where they know they're going to get a decent cash flow and they're going to be making perhaps six, seven, eight percent return on their money. That's what they're really interested in. So if he can provide them with a terraced house for 80, 90, 100,000 pounds, then they'll bite his hand off. Now, that's an interesting thought because is it possible to flip those properties onto those investors? Well, absolutely, particularly if you can get them cheap enough and they're not going to be asking you for a discount. That makes the whole thing worthwhile. If they wanted a 20, 25% discount, it's going to make it very tricky. You'd have to buy them so cheap. That's going to be really quite hard, but that we can do. But of course, the question which often comes back is, well, why would they do that? And why why would they go to their agent and buy properties through that agent? Why don't they just go on to right move and buy their own properties? Why would, in other words, why, if I did it, why would they want to buy those properties from me? And I think the answer is this. Before they spend their money, they want the certainty to know that they're not spending their money on something which is going to turn out to be a disaster. And so any profit you make is really a compensation or, or a recognition of the fact that you can assure them that it's a decent property in a decent area where you're going to get a decent tenant and you can tell them that, you know, they're going to get a decent cash flow and you can tell them what the rent's going to be. In other words, they're paying for local knowledge. The reason why they're prepared to buy from my estate agent contact at full asking price is because they're paying for him just to look over their shoulder and say, that's a good property. You're going to do okay with that one as opposed to them sitting in London looking at properties in Nottingham on Rightmove, wondering what on earth it is they'd be buying if they spent their money. That's worth a lot. And if you can flip a property on and give that kind of guarantee and assurance, then investors will want to do business with you. But it's not just finding deals like that through estate agents. Another way that you could find flips to sell on to other investors is through going direct to vendor, for example. And this is why leafleting and running newspaper ads and doing guerrilla marketing can be a great thing in your area because you can get direct to vendor. When the vendor rings you, you might not know what the deal is to be done. It could be any number of deals. It could be you're going to take the property on an option. It could be that you don't want the property at all. It could be that you're going to package it up. It could be that you're going to keep it and retain it in your portfolio. Or it could be that you can sell the, buy the property and sell it on as a flip to another investor. And so going direct to vendor can be a great way of sourcing flip properties as well. Another way of going to other investors with a property 
which is kind of like a sort of a tweak on this. It's not necessarily a, a full-blown flip, but it's similar to a flip, is packaging it up as a, as a package deal. So you could do everything but buy the property. You could agree a price. You could go to an investor and say, would you like this property? This is the price. Take the deal off my hands. You could offer them the services of a solicitor. You could offer them the services of a broker. You could have a tie-in with a local managing agent, for example, and you could offer them management services. The managing agent, if it needs work, could oversee the refurb and be like the project manager. And you could offer that as part of the package. Or at a very basic level, you could just agree a price and then offer the property onto an investor. In return for that, you can then take a fee. So it's not quite a flip, because a flip, you would assume that you're going to buy the property and then sell the property on. But it's a bit of a tweak on the same theme, isn't it? You're still getting control of the property by having an offer accepted and then allowing somebody to step in and take that off you. The advantages to you of that, of course, are that you don't have to buy the property, that you don't have to go out and get finance, that you don't have to pay stamp duty. So that's a big saving, that you don't have to pay solicitors to... A, buy the property and then B, sell the property. So there's savings that are involved. But the reality is your fee is going to be less than the profit you'd make if you could buy the property and then sell it on. So it's horses for courses. But if you find yourself in a situation where you find a property which would have been a great flip, but you're having trouble raising the finance, then maybe packaging it up as a deal would be a great thing to do as well. So the last sort of sub strategy that we can think about is flipping to owner-occupiers. And if we're going to flip to owner-occupiers, we're looking for a different type of a property than the sort of property we'd be flipping on to investors. Why? Because investors, by and large, are probably going to want to buy something which is cheap and cheerful, which they can rent out. And by the way, I'm not saying that it's in terrible condition or that we're rogue landlords or that we're buying the very worst properties. But investors probably don't want to buy properties in the very worst area, but they're certainly not buying properties in the very best area either. Why? Because in the very best areas... The prices are going to be so high that there won't be a return, there won't be a yield. So if there was a scale of 0 to 10, they're probably buying properties around about sort of like 4 or 5 mark, maybe even good 3s, but not the 1s and 2s, which would be the very, very worst properties. And that's probably the kind of stuff which you'd be flipping on to other investors. But an owner-occupier, an owner-occupier is going to want a better quality or a higher priced property. So on the same scale of 0 to 10, the owner-occupiers for flipping, you're probably looking at properties of around about six or seven. You're not looking for the nines and tens, and you're probably not looking for the eights. Why? Because when properties are very high value, there's only a limited number of buyers who can afford properties which are that expensive. And so if you want to do flipping as a business, and if you want to be sure that you can sell the property on, which has obviously got to be quite a significant criteria that you're buying towards, you need to know that the property is readily saleable because you don't want to buy a property, spend your money, and then have to hold on to it for any length of time. Speed of sale is important in order to get your funds back out and to release your profit. And also because as you hold the property, there will be costs. There's going to be the costs of council tax. There's going to be the costs of utilities. You don't want that. It's going to be eating into profit. If you've bought the property using finance, there's going to be finance costs ticking away in the background. So you need to know that you're going to be able to sell the property quickly. So you need to understand your target market. So you, who are you going to flip the property to? When you understand who you're going to be flipping the property to, that can help you decide what sort of properties you're actually looking for. If it's going to be first-time buyers, you're probably looking for, on the scale I just gave you, properties around the six mark. 
If you're going to go for second-time buyers or third-time buyers, then it may be the sevens. You need to understand that. And then you can start to finesse your search as you go through Rightmove, as you go around the agents looking at the details that the agents give you and get a better idea of who the property is going to be sold on to. In understanding this, I think one thing which perhaps as beginner investors we don't often appreciate, things change particularly with the economic cycle and with the the market cycle. If we assume that the property market runs to a cycle, which I'm sure it does, things will change during that cycle, which means that even if at the moment particular types of property are suitable for owner-occupiers, it may be that they won't be when the property market dips. Or it could be that if the property market accelerates and picks up and becomes a hotter market, you may then be able to buy the more expensive properties because you'll have a little more certainty that they'll sell more quickly. A lot of it's going to come down to the availability of finance for your buyers. How easy is it going to be for your buyers to actually finance the property when you put it back on the market? And maybe that will lead you to the particular type of property that you're looking for in order to flip. And again, that might be a function of what's happening in the economy and what's happening in the property market at the time that you're looking for properties. And you may think to yourself, well, actually, first-time buyers are finding it quite tough to raise finance at the moment, so I'm going to concentrate on the sort of properties which will work for second- and third-time buyers. So you need to be thinking about all of this kind of stuff, and that will guide you as to which areas you're going to be looking for and which price range your properties are going to be in, the raw product of your property. Now, when you're looking for properties to flip, you need to know that you're going to make a profit. We've already thought about this. So I don't want to go over it all again. But one thing which you'd be thinking about is buying it either at a significant discount or in a in a condition where you can add enough value or somewhere between the two where you're getting it at a discount and you know you can add value. But as a rough rule of thumb, you probably want to be thinking about selling the end product on the renovated property, the flipped property, wants to be sold on at a price which is probably going to give you something like a 20% profit, 20% of the cost of the purchase of the property. That's the rough rule of thumb which many developers work towards. Now, is that right for you? I don't know. It all depends, doesn't it? How much money do you need? How much can you afford to give away? How quickly do you want to sell the property? Does that mean that you've got to stick out for a particular asking price or can you be more flexible if you're prepared to reduce your profit? How much profit are you going to make when you do the works? Can you add more value? Can you spend the same money but add more value? And these are all questions which you'll need to ask yourself and understand. And by the way, it gets easier to understand and to answer these questions with the more projects you do. So if you're interested in doing flips, I suggest just get out there and start doing it. Go around the agents, get yourself onto Rightmove. If you can, do some guerrilla marketing and get yourself direct to vendor and see what opportunities come your way. Because flipping can be a great thing to do. So there we are, flips. I hope you found that helpful. As I said in the audio, I just love flips because they're such a great balance to building your portfolio because you can have lumps of money coming in whilst you're letting your rental income build up. Now, I'm not saying that I'd do one in preference to the other. I think they work very well together. And I'd certainly be thinking in my 70-20-10 of having flips and 
some kind of portfolio activity, whether that be buy-to-lets or HMOs or serviced accommodation or whatever you think is appropriate for you. But having the chunky money coming in from time to time with the occasional flip can do great things for your business's cash flow, so it's worth thinking about. By the way, if you want to know more about flips from two masters of flipping, then of course, if you go back to episode 80, we had Tasha and Karen in who do a lot of flips. They've done millions of pounds worth of flips. They know all about it. And I had the great privilege and joy of interviewing them in episode 80. So you may want to look at that. So anyway, hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you want to know more about me, then you can come over to my website, www.thepropertyteacher.co.uk. You'll find loads of good stuff there, including videos, resources, my blog, all kinds of stuff, which hopefully will help you on your property journey. Otherwise... Tune in next week to the Progressive Property Podcast and I'll be back with more good stuff for you. So until then, here's to successful property investing. Mm -hmm.